Welcome to the University of Wyoming Today. On this program, you'll hear about what's making the news and about the people and events at UW. You'll also learn about some of the leading research that's taking place at one of the region's top universities. And now, here's today's edition of the University of Wyoming Today. Hi, Jim Kearns with you. When the University of Wyoming began collecting the papers of national entertainment figures like Jack Benny and Ozzie and Harriet Nelson, it was among only a handful of repositories that went looking for such collections. Archivist Amanda Stowe oversees the entertainment industry collection at the American Heritage Center, and she says such popular culture collections have evolved into a significant field of study. Looking at the changing of technology, you know, with Jack Benny going from radio to television or, you know, with the Nelsons looking at, you know, family culture. Um, and what is this new technology? How, number one, what does it depict, depict about the American culture, but how did it influence American culture as well? We do, of course, you know, we're, we're open to the general public. So, of course, we do get some people in who, you know, they just enjoyed some of these television series, these movies, or, for example, with Stan Lee, he's very popular with cop, uh, comic enthusiasts. Um, but, yes, we, we have people coming in, working on books, working, you know, scholars working on books, uh, people working on their dissertations, uh, wanting to view these scripts, wanting to look at, um, you know, just the history of the entertainment industry, particularly with the collections that we have. In fact, Amanda Stowe says these popular culture collections at the American Heritage Center are used in a variety of scholarly investigations. Just with uh, professors uh, using the collections for their classes here at the university, they're using them to look at gender studies, race, ethnicity, um, class, uh, what was the 20th century like, um, particularly, for example, um, during the anti-communist era? Um, we have some posters uh, from a lot of the science fiction B-movies um, of the mid-20th century. So some professors will be coming in and taking a look at that, again, looking at some of the gender uh, theories, but also uh, what was life like during that time, looking at the politics, looking at perhaps the First Amendment, those sorts of aspects. From the amazing stories of Stan Lee's Spider-Man to the Wild West adventures of Hopalong Cassidy, the American Heritage Center collections provide a wonderful glimpse into the world of popular culture. You're listening to the University of Wyoming Today. I'm Jim Kearns. Immigration reform has been a hot buzzword during the presidential campaign, and it's one of the more divisive issues that the next president will have to be dealing with. Susan Pritchett teaches immigration law to students in the University of Wyoming's College of Law. The reason that so many people are coming illegally to the United States is that there are so few opportunities for legal immigration. And the way our immigration system has been set up and the way our laws have been drafted are not really um, 
relevant to the employment needs that exist and to the movement of people across borders that's happening in the world today. And so um, when you hear people talk about the need for immigration reform, I think it couldn't be more true and that the reason illegal immigration has become such a big issue is because we have this very static, unwielding immigration system and set of laws that are no longer meeting the needs of what our country requires today. That's law professor Susan Pritchett. She reminds us that enforcement has been a key issue in this whole immigration reform debate. One of the big critiques is we should start punishing employers more. They're the ones who are creating the market for this type of work. Um, And the government's response has been working on putting systems in place so that there can be better checks on social security numbers when somebody's hired to make sure it's a valid, good social security number. It's a system called E-Verify. But the government has said, until we really get that system up and running, we're going to be hesitant to prosecute employers because... For the most part, we think they're doing the right thing. Um, and it, it's an ongoing debate. To, to what extent do you prosecute the employers or to what extent do you go after the individuals who are making the most of the situation? So when the smoke clears and a new president takes office, we'll see if there's any real movement toward meaningful immigration reform in this country. One of the leading books on Wyoming ecology has been updated. First published in 1994, botany professor Dennis Knight's book, Mountains and Plains, The Ecology of Wyoming Landscapes, has been updated with color illustrations, additional chapters, and some new maps. Knight says the second edition covers some important issues that have risen during the past 20 years. So much has happened in the last 20 years with regard to uh, natural resource management issues, uh, increasing frequency of forest fires, bark beetles in our forest, uh, wolves have, have been introduced. So we've tried to write a book that provides uh, the general public a way of learning uh, about the scientific literature but without using a lot of jargon, uh, we have cut that to a minimum, and I th- hope that readers will find that it's generally available whether they have a background in science or ecology or not. It's a popular resource for land managers, teachers, scientists, students, and others who are interested in Rocky Mountain and Western Great Plains ecosystems. Over the years, there have been several books written about the history of the University of Wyoming. My favorite is a pictorial history written by Tamsin Hurd at the University Libraries and Rick Ewig at the UW American Heritage Center. Ewig says it's part of the Campus History Series published by Arcadia Press. This is not a comprehensive 
history book of the university. This is a pictorial history and so people are going to find some wonderful images along with some really interesting facts that Tammy and I were able to uh, to find. But we're hoping that they will smile at some of the things that we were able to find, some of these little anecdotes that we have. You might even spot a long-lost friend in one of those old photos. And it's almost certain that a lot of those memories of the university took place in the Wyoming Union, which was recently listed in the top 20 on a website called EdSmart that ranked what they called the 51 most phenomenal student union. But that ranking came as no surprise to Wyoming Union Director Darcy Deteen. It's really a credit to everything that we have in terms of programs and services, the staff that really believes in the student and student development, putting the student first, um, creating a warm and relaxing, inviting atmosphere, having all kinds of opportunities such as, you know, all of our student organizations and the events that we produce and the, the leadership opportunities we have. It's, we deserve to be ranked. Yes, you do, Darcy. In fact, it's the second year in a row the union has been honored. Last year, it was ranked 18th on the best college values list of the nation's 30 most amazing student unions. I'm Jim Kearns, and that's it for my time. Thanks for yours. That's it for this time. Join us again for the next edition of the University of Wyoming Today.